0: Hello, everyone. This is Let's Discuss a Paper uh, soon after reading it. And what we do is actually reading a paper within two hours and then meet here on the Zoom meeting and discuss it right away and try to understand it, discuss our questions and impressions. So I will be leading the um, we're chairing this discussion today, and some, I will be summarizing the paper, but first, let us introduce ourselves. Yota, please.
1: Um, hi, uh, my name is Yota Kaushima. I'm a research assistant at ATR Monash University.
0: Thank you. And Yochi?
2: Hi, I'm Yochi Watanabe at Kyoto University and a PhD student.
0: Thank you. And I'm... Aniko Kuster, I'm a PhD student at Monash University. So today's paper um, is titled, Putting the Mental Back in Mental Disorders, A Perspective from Research on Fear and Anxiety. So this paper was written by Vincent, uh, that's a long name, uh, Toshiro Dumoshell, Matthias Michel, Hakvan Lau, Stefan Hoffman and uh, Joseph Ledoux, and uh, it was published in Molecular Psy- Psychiatry. Uh, it was published very recently. And, yeah, so mm, I have, I really like this paper. This was a very interesting paper. Um, basically, they set out to discuss and and um, um, kind of put our current understanding of psychiatric disorders in, in a historical and uh, like just in a general context, and also argue uh, for the importance of subjective experience. So the thesis is that basically um, subjective experience has been considered as an important factor within uh, psychiatry and by within understanding what different you know, psychiatric disorders or or function. However, based on a myriad of historical and, and other um, kind of influences, the role of subjective experience has been kind of reduced in a way. And it seems that there's an overall, an over representation of the medical perspective. And because of this, the most of most of the research, and, or much of the, the research, is focusing on um, either behavioral measures, behaviors, or um, physiological measures, um, neural circuits, um, heart rates etc., things that can be uh, objectively measurable. Mm, and in a way, this kind of influences also how uh, like psychotherapists treat people and and what kind of uh, tools they have uh, available. Because if the tools are kind of evaluated based on uh, these objective measures like behavior, um, but not on the subjective experience of the the patient, then it is not surprising that there might be a discordance. So specifically, The paper uses the um, kind of the example and and they kind of argue for for this change in the perspective um, with uh, the example of fear and anxiety. And they go to uh, to the historic, again, context of how uh, fear and anxiety has been studied uh, during the 20th century and uh, what was the, uh, psychiatric and, and researcher um, kind of like their, their attitudes towards it uh, and how we ended up um, having this kind of the, the most um, significant or, or well, um, well, a highly, highly relevant or accepted uh, system currently of fear is this uh, three, three systems model. Um, which which actually um, separates or or se- well, it says that fear is constructed of um, like three systems or or levels or domains. Uh, we have the subjective experience or self reports. Um, then we have behavior. Uh, which would be reflecting. So, which would be like an example would be avoidance behavior, and then we would have um, physiological responses such as elevated heart rate or or freezing. No, actually freezing, the smaller behavior. Uh, so, elevated heart rate and and um, um, like skin conductance changes. So, interestingly, if if we accept that all these three systems or these three domains of fear, uh, they, they are talking about the same construct, the same, the same phenomena. Then we would expect that um, there is uh, a strong correlation and correspondence between uh, the different phenomenas like temporally and, and in just general. However, um, the authors point out two different level of, of disagreement. So they point, they talk about discordance, which is, um, which is kind of, um, it describes um, situations or examples when one or two of these three systems are actually not uh, reacting the way how we would assume. So for example, when we have a physiological response, uh, we see elevated heart However, the subjective experience doesn't seem to be uh, corresponding to that. Um, another um, somewhat different example or a different uh, way of um, um, these three system being in disagreement is the uh, desynchrony, which basically describes when uh, these three systems, these three variables, are not reacting at the same time. Uh, or that is how I, I kind of understood it. And so these two, this and um, discordance, these phenomena, um, basically suggest that there might be a general issue in, in construct validity of our understanding of fear, uh, which means that whether what we say fear is is it, um, is, it, is it reliable or is it acceptable to measure uh, mostly with behavioral measures when they seem to be in discordance and, and in this synchrony with the subjective experience? And the authors argue that, no, actually we should also or mostly prioritize subjective experience and subjective reports. and. Um, They also bring up the the high road, the thought theory of consciousness Um, as a way of, of, or as an example of when consciousness, a theory of consciousness is able to um, kind of build upon the subjective experience and also emphasize it sufficiently next to the uh, behavioral and the physiological responses. Um, And yeah, basically the, So the authors argue for a change, a paradigm shift, a change in in our uh, research practices and and, uh, the the, uh, therapeutic approaches and argue for the importance and validity of self reports, both in fear research and also in other uh, psychiatric conditions. And Yeah, I think this is how I would summarize this paper. Uh, Do you guys have anything to add?
2: Nothing. Okay, Um,
0: well, then let's go to questions and and discussion. So what what have you guys, what were your thoughts on, on this paper?
2: So basically I agree with the author's
1: claim So it's very important. I I understand that it's very important to uh, focus on the subjective experiences than before. Um, I also understand that they they introduced um, a higher order theory uh, model to explain the discrepancy, uh, discordance, and the synchrony. and one way to you know investigate these uh, discordance and, and this synchrony uh, can be use some um, higher order theoretic um, method and see whether the representation of some area and also the just the, seeing the contrast between the or the comparison between the higher order and lower. Uh, for the representations, I understand that. Um, but I'm curious about um, what uh, cause such kind of differences. Um, for example, in the case of discordance, um, in this paper, the authors mentioned a case where the subject uh, report really strong fear, that uh, physiological um, evidence does not uh, support their, uh, you know, self-report. So in this case, I think something happening weird in the higher order representations, right? Um, No?
0: Well, I think this is actually the point of the paper kind of is that, by assuming that uh, the, the physiological response is the right one, or mm-hmm. that's a more truer representation compared to the s- subjective experience. We are actually mm, kind of uh, doing a disservice to a uh, subjective experience. Um, but I mean, I know, I'm not sure actually if you meant this that this comment that way.
2: Uh, so I think, yeah, this
1: point, when they say construct, I'm a bit, uh, you know, curious. Uh, what they mean by that? It's kind of they concept, right? They say that these three components—self-report, uh, behavioral response, and physiological response—has kind of the same source, or
2: fear circuit, or something.
1: Um, so does it mean that um we should investigate some you know
2: neural circuits for each aspect or the yeah
0: yeah so i think it is uh difficult because they might use the term construct validity because of its uh kind of use in psychology and psychometric research so it is quite common to for example talk about the construct validity of a questionnaire or uh, basically any kind of measure that that's supposed to like uh, measure something Uh, and and whether it is indeed, measuring that one thing that we are talking about. So yeah, it is definitely yeah, it is definitely a a bit of a a vague um, description. And yeah, I think that's a good point, whether like, so in a way, fear is, is a good example, because we have these very clear behavioral and neural and uh, physiological and subjective experience uh, like characteristics but I wonder when it comes to other emotions or other experiences um, where it might be not that easy to to define these different facets Um, yeah like how, how would you how would you assess or how would you decide whether something is a construct or something is Mm found? thing?
1: So the way I understand that is that, you know, when they mention uh, physiological response, it means some low level representations. And usually that kind of region can be, um, you know, found by, you know, showing some, fear, scary uh, stimulus or something. And then I think uh, they mentioned that or uh, well, what they
2: mean by, So um,
1: the reason why they introduced high or high order theories that each jury or in the previous study, they tend to focus on that kind of low-level uh, you know processing regions. To investigate fear uh, experience, but their point is that in order to understand the subjective experience, we need to uh, consider other regions which is correspond to, uh, which corresponds to the uh, higher representation, higher order representation. So it still can be. Included in like physiological uh, responses, but their suggestion is that we need to, you know, see a much broader regions of the brain, not only focusing
2: on fear regions. This, but you know, this
1: is just my understanding.
0: Yeah, yeah, I now I remember that they ever was discussing. Um... Yeah, the uh, potential differential role mm-hmm. of of the amygdala and uh, and then also the prefrontal yeah. regions. Um, so, like amygdala would be more responsible to the physiological uh, responses, and then prefrontal regions would be perhaps more responsible to the uh, like the subjective experience of fear in this way. Um, yeah, and then both of these. Uh, um, areas would be important to, uh, to examine.
1: Mm-hmm. So th- if that's the case, my uh, question was like, again, when sub- a per- subject uh, experience some fear, strong fear experiences, while their uh, physiological response is uh, just a normal, as healthy uh, subject, suggest that something happening in the higher order uh, area and if so my question is that it can affect not only fear experience but also other you know experiences not limited to emotions but also visual perception or audition or whatever so I'm curious whether you know that Kind of, you know, because, you know, if I remember correctly, like a psychiatric disorder comes with different, you know, disorders or the uh, different disordering experiences. So, can be
2: explained in this framework or
1: not? So, what's the expectation if something happening in the higher order? That's my my, you know, question.
2: Yeah, I think that's a very good
0: question. And, and um, yeah, I, I actually don't know what would be a good, like, um, explanation, or what would be the actual theoretical implication to that, and to the to the concept of fear. Mm, but they do mention that, um, for future studies they suggest to uh, kind of focus on this uh, the, on the discordance and uh, uh, the synchrony between um, the self-report versus the physiological response and also on the neural uh, levels. And then they also had already had done some work on this. So perhaps perhaps this is something that future future papers will discuss. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah, but that was my, you know, questions or comments on this paper.
2: So, uh, as I said, uh, so according to the HOT theory,
3: the visual, in, visual representation, visual consciousness is also changeables, uh, And uh, in this study also the emotion it's also changeable so you said that
2: how sorry, how how to
3: adapt, how 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 to extend the hot theory right what is what well, say
1: oh my comment was that this paper only talking about fear. yeah and um, if something happening in higher order areas, yeah, in the case of disorder in fear, it should yeah. also cause some you know disorder in other modalities or other experiences. Mm. Because the higher order representation, uh, well, the such kind of region should also, you know. Do similar uh, jobs for yeah, other yeah, yeah. modality, vision, audition, or mm. whatever. So my mm. expectation was that if something happening in higher order, then it should mm. affect not only fear but also uh, other modalities, mm. including emotions. That was my, yeah, Bye. comment.
2: Bye. So basically
3: the um, basically it's a metacognition or something. And I think so basically the whole theory focused the metacognition and the prefrontal cortex, right? Yeah. some meta representation or something. So fear meta presentation of fear is uh, effective.
2: So the uh, the subjective fear is changeable. So, so if, so you said, if the hot cell, if hot cell or if the metacognitive
3: representation or metacognitive cognition of what is important. So not only the fear, but also the other modalities will also, also have, will be happen something to disorder,
1: right? Mm. Or if I rephrase my comment, is it possible that if something happening in the higher order representation, um, is it uh, possible that only fear, the re- higher-order representation of um, fear, the
2: progress,
1: um, um, but not other modalities, uh, is that yeah, possible? Right. And my expectation is that it will not, uh, and okay. it will cause some, you know, effects on other modalities. That my.
3: So I how about the uh, alexithymia or something? It's also yeah. physiological uh, activities also happen, but their subjective emotion is disappear so it it's so I think related to this situation so mm-hmm. not only fear but also the other information and emotion also disappear mm-hmm.
2: so I think uh, there it it is possible to happen mm-hmm. what you say I think <laughs> And um, I agree
0: with you. Yeah, but I think it's also possible that maybe not all um, kind of subjective experiences or emotions are affected to the same degree, um, just based on, like, if... If a specific region in the prefrontal cortex is somehow has some somewhat different connectivity with, for example, regions that are associated with fear versus regions with us, that are associated with I don't know anger or um, or uh, yeah I'm actually so this is the other thing I actually it's it's difficult to um, to pinpoint other specific uh regions for other emotions for me because i am not very knowledgeable or not enough knowledgeable but i also think that it's like fear is is very emblematic like the amygdala that's like a very um well-known brain circuit for, for for a certain emotion and and now i'm thinking like yeah With other kind of emotions like sadness or um, calmness or something like this, but what would be, um, yeah, the the physiological, like brain region or the brain region that is responsible for the physiological response.
2: Another comment is
1: uh, I, is about um, the self-report or the difficulty of self-report. Because let's say if you go to a hospital and you have some problem, not only for fear experience, but also some pain, it's a little bit difficult to explain your, you know, how you feel. Or some, you know, maybe your doctor asks whether it's like a, like a itchy or stunk by a you know needle or something, but without experiencing you know the such kind of you know experiences suggested by or mentioned by a doctor, it's really difficult to you know
2: you know explain your feelings. So. I think that's uh, something we also need to care about. And
1: I think in order to get like a, you know, proper description of your fearing, there are many, you know, some procedures suggested. I think some of them are listed in this paper, I guess. So some, you know, questionary, a set of questionaries to assess. And, and, you know, that's also or improvement of, you know, that questionnaire is also
2: important, I I feel.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree. And I think it's um, like, I think that's a very good point that we should trust, or it's perhaps important to trust self reports, and the subjective experience, but then And um, I appreciate the authors mentioning uh, that um, maybe this whole idea about self-reports being untrustworthy is not that well (laughs) um, kind of based in in, uh, evidence, especially when it comes to experiences like like, um, emotional experiences. Mm, But I also think that it is quite difficult to think of uh, good descriptions or or a good kind of like I think even um, just naturally in in um, naive naive conversations you would talk about your bodily response when you were uh, when when you are talking about for example your fear like oh I was so scared I couldn't move and. Um, and yeah, in, in that way, it's it's difficult to for me to think of purely um, kind of experience based descriptions of of for example fear. But yeah, I also think that it's actually like there are a lot of different psychiatric disorders and a and, uh, lot of different topics where we should pay attention more to the subjective experience. And for me, like I am very much biased about this, but uh, for me, uh, because as you know, I'm interested in depersonalization and derealization, like those are typically, you know, a very, very kind of idiosyncratic uh, subjective experience, and they hasn't, they haven't been studied that much because it is more unclear like what it would be the physiological response or but like how how to, how to identify physiological or behavioral correlates for those. And so I, I think it's at least for me um, in one way, I think it is definitely very difficult to um, to figure out the right way to incorporate subjective experience in 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 studies. But on the other hand, I I find it very important. And um, yeah, and then for example, in case of uh, the PDR, I think it's crucial to to focus on subjective experience. Uh, Do you guys have any other question or anything that you were kind of considering or wondering about?
2: Uh, I
3: have wondering. So in this study, there are are huge information by the clinical psychologist self-report. So yes, of course, self-report, not self-report. So this this entry, yeah. Clinical psychology continued to approach by this self-report or interview method. But yes, the, so, so the knowledge or information, I don't have the information by clinical psychology, clinical psychologist point. So they, they use normal, I think in Japan normally use the Counseling or interviewing self-report or something, and not not, not the physiological one and the behavior or something, but I, they also have the reason why reason they use the the self-report is uh, more uh how
2: to say useful to approach. Our patients so yeah just a comment but in this after of
3: reading this paper uh, how think the clinical
2: psychologist and now i'm wondering hmm,
0: i I think it's yeah I think in in one way something that might be relevant for clinical uh psychologists or or like in in just general people looking at um psychiatric disorders oh. is that um yeah like you said in 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 clinical work it is quite accepted that you use subjective experience. As, a, as an important, maybe the most important measure of uh, to, to understand the, the, the condition of someone. Mm-hmm. But then when it comes to medication and when it comes to neuroscience, like scientific research, then we rarely use them. So if there's a discordance between or if, if there's a, uh, if it's like, you give some kind of medication, offer some kind of medication to someone or, or, or offer a therapy, like a, some kind of therapeutic approach that was based on scientific evidence, based on either physiological responses or, or uh, behavioral responses. They may not have the same uh, impact on subjective experience. And I think it's important to yeah, to kind of understand and, and, and um, remind ourselves to that, right. because, yeah, it, it, like just because someone um, reaction times got slower, right. or, or they were like faster again after after uh, a scary stimuli or something like that. Um, like, so if there was some kind of behavioral change, It doesn't necessarily mean that will easily or quickly translate to the uh, subjective experience of feeling anxious. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, at least this is what I kind of got from from the paper.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So
3: so it needs to collaborate between uh, the are the scientific
2: researcher and the this biological researcher or something? Hmm.
0: Yeah, and I was actually wondering about Yushi. Uh, do you know if, um, like, have you been interested in in because I know that you're very interested in developmental uh, aspects of consciousness and and like the developmental perspective and. And I wonder whether um, the subjective experience of, of children in, in, in these cases, um, yeah, do, do you think it's, it's easy to incorporate that in, in research? Because I know that um, many researchers are kind of hesitant to include children because it's difficult for them. It's difficult to explain things for them, or to make sure that they understand. Mm, yeah.
2: Yeah, I see.
3: Okay, yes yeah, so so children's self-report is not correct uh, what we expected, but but this but their self-report is just there for. Them children so 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 children's inf- so self report information or data is so difficult for our uh, so as uh, so developmental psychologists but um, yes so firstly um, we we consider about the children's metacognition ability. So, normally children have the yes bias or positivity bias. It means that after a question, uh, regardless of children's thinking, children tend to say yes. So, or something children, in fact, they didn't know the fact, but do you have a uh, confidence? And the children, yes, I have confidence, but uh, this response is uh, obviously incorrect, but children. Yes. So I think one point is that the met- metacognitive ability is aperture. So uh, children's self-report is uh, difficult to um, consider the data but
2: it's for so it is it uh, so yes um, so it's dependent on the studies
3: topic or study theme so children, so fantasy imagination or something children week, uh, we we're interested, we interested, are interested in their our mental mental world. So in this situation, the children's self-report is so good, but how about the perception or right perception or the metacognition? It, it, uh, it we cannot use normally children's self-report? Is it you are
0: yeah, 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 yeah. So I was actually wondering about this, and and yeah, I think you you uh, no. like provided so much good information and and context on on the fact that like yeah, like we also know that the prefrontal cortex is still developing up to yeah. like a very old age, and and I was also wondering about what these um the higher order uh, theories think about um. Or how they kind of, what, what is the what is their take on the developmental aspect? Oh. Um, so I yeah I will definitely read up on that because I would be curious. I, I, I don't know what's what's what yeah what is the higher order uh, yeah kind of perspective on on developmental on the development yes. of consciousness. Yeah.
3: Uh, so and uh, I think w- there's another point that children are. Uh, word knowledge or concept knowledge. So younger children didn't know the word, like the more detailed emotion, something, like So fear and, or scare or something, these, so concept is different for children, difficult for children. So uh, uh, categorized by these. So, or something. So, emotional words is also important for children to examine these or safe reports, like the emotional one. So, normally we use the like the emotional face and which one. So, so, so how so scare face and or angry face or fear face in the paper. And we, we ask children which face which is. Same as your fear or something, and choose. But children, because children didn't, are uh, cut sorry didn't say or didn't, um, categorize the, the emotion by words, fear, scare, and it's, it's difficult for children to categorize to by words. But children can, uh. Detect or separate these emotional emo so principal emotional concept children have, but by uh label labeled by word, it's difficult for children. So self uh, report is
2: also uh, difficult in this situation. Yeah, and then I guess when you
0: kind of ask uh, children to to identify like a facial expression and, or yeah, then that is also more of a physiological response, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's been very interesting to consider, uh, yeah, what this paper would imply or how would this paper work in the context of, of developmental psychology.
2: So regarding
1: your Aniko's point, the developmental perspective, like is can, can we say that, you know, because the children, the brain to, uh, of children, uh, the prefrontal is to developing, so we can assume that they do not have a proper higher representation, high order representation, and then you know, they tend to have more uh, discrepancy, uh, not discrepancy, uh, discordance than adults. Or I am sure that, you know, we can't present a fear stimulus to children. So it's not possible to test that, but we can test out other emotions like uh, fear, uh, not fear, uh, happiness or something like that, joy or whatever. So it's a, uh, I think interesting to see whether we can see that kind of differences. Um, I mean the differences between children and adults. And another thing is that it's not related to this paper, but I'm curious uh, whether there is an study on childrens and um, kind of reward. Uh, when they make a correct uh, response in terms of uh, metacognitions. In that case, if children can, you know, show the same performance adult, as an adult, means that they have the, just the same metacognitive uh, performance, but they still believe that they could do that. <laughs> Task correctly and then tend to say yes over and over again? Or is there any studies assessing children's metacognitive abilities or kind of train children to
2: make a correct metacognitive response? I see, i sorry, I don't know, but yeah. But I see, yes, metapognitive performance is
3: different between children and adults and so learning
2: or motivation is different, also different from children and adults. So um, let's say how, Mm, so sorry difficult. So I so I don't sorry, I
3: don't I can't say correctly, but for metacognitive performance, right? The positivity bias if children didn't know but the children have the high high confidence means that after like the like failure or something. So children, if the children have the failure and depressed or they are uh, com- competence children. Next, the children cannot cha- challenge or try the others. Uh, other one. But if the children like the um, like the positivity bias, children have positivity bias. If the, if children's active activity is failure, but children children can challenge next step because children didn't depressed by no and have no local com- confidence but also high confidence and now i I fail but it's but next I can do this for high com- high uh, confidence or a positive bias so yes I think the metacognitive motivation is different also so uh, immature of the prefrontal cortex also, and metacognitive function also immature, but also I think the uh, motivation of the metacognitive, metacognition also different between children and adults.
2: And after,
3: yeah, sorry, I don't know, but after learning or uh,
2: learning of the metacognitive yeah, like feedback.
3: sorry I don't know, children can, after of the learning or children
2: can better metacognitive performance. I think for upper uh, elementary children, like the year, seven
3: year old or more, it also, ha- I think, maybe happen, but under the young, uh, six year, like the three to six, six years, young children, I don't know.
1: Sorry. Yeah, thank, thank you. And my guess is that if they are too young or they too hmm. little, they can't understand the concept of metacognition or they just can't, you know, uh, I understand the concept, so it's a bit difficult to train probably.
0: Well, but you would you would say that, for example, when children learn language, oh. they they do oh. learn from feedback from their environment. Oh. So then they would have some kind of uh, evaluation of like, okay, but I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I guess that's a different example in a way.
1: Yeah, because, uh, if we can train children to make a metacognitively re- like a correct response, then after that we can you know assess their uh, performance without uh, considering or you know uh, removing the effect of yes tendency. So that was my, you know, kind of point.
2: Yeah, I see. Yeah.
0: Well, something that, I mean, I don't know if it's actually really reliable, but this is just more like a um, kind of, um, thing that I have heard other people say or do with their children <laughs> is that like they try to like when for example a child like they they fall down or like they get injured like uh, usually the parents are like or some parents say that oh well let's not get scared because then the child will get scared will get scared and then if you call if you act very calmly then they don't like for example they don't get scared or don't cry and then in that way. It's like that would be a very like like strong case for uh, discordance between physiological like pain or, or like some kind of response of something happened and then they just don't have the experience of pain unless they get a, some kind of social cue or, or, yeah. But I don't know actually if this is, this is actually true or this is more just like a folk psychology, something like that, that parents say or do.
1: Yeah, I don't know whether my comment is relevant to your uh, question, but let's say I don't want to experience anything about fear. So, I mean, if possible, I want to, you know, somehow destroy the, the representation of fear so that I don't feel anything, fear, only fear. I understand it's, you know, dangerous as well, because if you don't feel fear, then it will hurt your body a lot. But, you know, of course, you know, um, let's say traumatic experiences, for the treatment of uh, traumatic ex- experiences, such kind of technique uh, have been developed, I guess. But mm, that's a very interesting
2: technology.
0: Yeah, and I think it would be interesting to look at the neural circuits. If, if we can actually identify very specific neural circuits of only this higher order representation of or the subjective experience of fear, then perhaps you could do some, I don't know, uh, neuro, neurofeed, neurofeedback or some, some other things to try to specifically only modify the subjective experience. But we'll see. Anyhow, I yeah, I, I don't have any more questions. Do you guys have anything else? Yeah, because I think we have discussed for
2: like an hour, approximately.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you, J- Jota. Usually, you do the the goodbye thing, so
2: you should do it, <laughs> can do it because you are the host. <laughs>
0: no i feel i feel i feel we have to do that please do that that's how the traditions work
1: okay Okay, then okay we're gonna finish our discussion now and see you next week bye bye